Okay, we're going to read the Bible. Uh, anyone need a Bible? Campbell's got a handful up there that uh, you can grab. Uh, just stick your hand up and he'll hand them out. Thanks, Campbell. And it'll also be up on the screen, I believe. So we're reading from uh, Luke chapter 2. I'll just give you a moment to turn to Luke chapter 2 from verse 8. Okay, here we go. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of, angel, uh, of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. That's the word of the Lord for this morning. So we're continuing in, in our series on lo so looking at some of the common carols that we sing, or perhaps that we don't sing, that we just hear all the time at uh, shopping centres and uh, gas stations. And I actually heard this one on Tuesday as I filled up my car, out over the, the really tinny little speakers in, um, in, the, in the metro gas station on Alexandra Parade comes, Hark the herald angels sing. It was terrible. But the, these are the songs that we hear so often throughout uh, this Christmas period. And I think quite often we, we just don't even consider what they, what they mean. It's, it becomes the music or the muzak that uh, drifts over us, that just sort of we imbibe without really necessarily thinking about what, what's, what the lyrics are saying. And so this morning we're, we're going to look at that, that, at that carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and we're going to be thinking about uh, where it's come from um, and also what do we really actually believe about it and what, what do we really think is going on when we're asking uh, for for the things that the, that the angels are singing, that the, that the herald angels are harking on about. And let's just be, be clear for a second, hark the herald angels, not the, uh, the other version which I've heard sung by small children repeatedly at school carols, hark the herald angles. Um, I don't believe that there are many angles called Harold. Actually, there are probably lots of angles called Harold, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're not doing that much harking, um, and they're certainly not uh, heralding anything that's coming on. That said, once you once you've heard a small child sing about Harold the angle, um, it will never leave you. It will, it will certainly forsake you. 
but what what is going on in this in this hymn, this famous hymn? We've, we're going to sing it after. So, Gavin, do you want to pop it up on the screen? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. This is one of those, those carols that we, we sing so often. But it's, each line of this carol is just layered with theological imagery and, and terminology. And so let's just spend a few moments this morning picking it apart. One of the, one of the interesting things with this this carol, I think, is we don't do much harking, um, literally to to declare, um, and certainly this isn't this isn't how the the hymn or the the carol originally started. This carol was originally written by Charles Wesley, and Charles Wesley, as his uh, diary points out in in Bristol, was a rather sombre man, and so. This carol originally said, Hark how all the welkin rings, glory to the king of kings. But it certainly didn't do it to the tune that we sing it to today. It did it far more like a somber hymn at 60 beats per minute, more like, Hark how all the welkin rings. Yeah, it's really low, really slow, and really boring. And so over the years, we've come to this, this carol. Hark, how all the herald angels sing. It took a few, a few people to go through to be able to, to, to get it to this point. Uh, George Whitfield was the great evangelist who did most of the changes here and roughly came up with these new lyrics. But where does it actually come from? Is it just one of the... The, the plethora of little drummer boys that we have reinserted back into uh, in, into our, our our folk understanding of Christmas that we like to rewrite in the way that we um, that that we would have it have it be said. No, it comes from that reading in Luke two, where you have a great company of the heavenly host appearing with an angel, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest heaven." And on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. So what do we do with this, this verse? Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. And how do we get to glory to the newborn king? Let's have a look at it um, verse by verse. Or sentence by sentence, really, clause by clause. Uh, not Santa, clause, just textual clause. So glory to God in the highest heaven. Now, I think this, this part of the, the verses, or the part of the song, is the bit that we get. The, the, the herald angels, these angels who are announcing something to the shepherds, they're saying glory to God. This is, this is something that we instinctively understand. They're glorifying God. But I think it's in interesting here that Whitfield's change to the carol actually emphasises not the person of God, God in the highest heaven, as the verse does, but God here with those shepherds on that earth, on this earth, in the person of Jesus. It becomes not hark, the herald angels sing glory to God in the highest heaven, 
but glory to the newborn king, to the one lying in a manger, to the one who, who the shepherds are going to go and see after this has been announced to them. What Whitfield does here with Wesley's hymn is he makes the link between God who is out there, who is so far away from the audience, so far away from those who are listening to the carol in a servo or at Woolworths, and he brings him close. And he says, this isn't just God who is far away from you. This is God who is close, who you can meet who you can be near. The link between Jesus and the God of heaven in this carol is unmissable. Well, what about that next line then? Peace on earth. I think peace on earth is a bit, a bit harder. It becomes a sticking point for some people in this carol. What does it mean to have peace on earth? Is this simply just the well wishes of whole bunch of people with bells going around from door to door uh, asking, oh, please be good, nice to your neighbour tomorrow after they've had far, far too much ham. Is, it, is that all it is? Is it simply that, uh, is it the, cr- the cry of a whole bunch of carolers in the town square going, yes, I know we're keeping you up late, but please don't throw rotten vegetables at us. Peace. Peace. No, I don't, I don't think there's far more to it than that. Not just in this carol, but also in Luke, in our reading to this morning. When Luke writes about, on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests, in this context, I think this reminds us of, of the start of the chapter. It, you could say it hearkens us to the start of the chapter for the really bad pun of the morning. Because for Luke's audience, there would be another king in mind. There would be another king for whom there was a peace announced as good news. Caesar Augustus, that Caesar Augustus that is mentioned at the start of Luke 2 as announcing a census, he, only a few years before Jesus' birth, had announced peace to the entire Roman Empire. The Pax Augusta, the peace of Augustus. As good news, this is great news for the people. There's peace upon the Roman world. And so for Luke's audience, and I I think for those shepherds out in that field that night, they'd be saying, what? I thought we already had good news. We had good news that I'm not going to get murdered by brigands, but when I go down the road to to get my local um, amount of, you know, groceries. This is peace, isn't it? But all throughout Luke's gospel, as this sets up, the peace that is brought about by the Christ child, peace that is brought about by that baby who is wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger is so much greater than simply not getting mugged on the road to your groceries. But what about for us? Is it just that cessation of violence that we rightly and and should rightly wish for and desire. The breaking down of hostility between neighbours, the breaking down of hostility between nations. Is that what this verse and this line in the carols um, that we sing talks about? 
peace on earth? Well, I think actually there's a deeper level to it as well. And perhaps a clue for us is about how we've unconsciously translated this verse over the years. Peace on earth, peace to, the, to those on whom his favour rests. Now, if you've been reading the Bible for a while, or if, even if you've just been um, listening to, to various carols and, and things like that, or actually probably just opening Christmas cards because this, this line is on basically every second Christmas card there is out there. Be, one of the older translations of this becomes peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. It's a rather convoluted translation process from the Latin, but I think it, it highlights something that our heart says about peace. What we want with peace isn't just peace between, isn't just um, peace between neighbours, isn't just peace across the world, but is peace to all men, to everyone. The the translation shift here betrays our heart's desire on the matter. Rather than God's peace, it becomes my peace on my earth, and. I think we can see that in a few other carols that end up being sung. Because as I was waiting there to, to fill up my fuel, whoever was programming that set list at Metro Fuels was, uh, was right to recognise that peace is a big thing in Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And so straight after Hark the Herald, they cued another carol. Let there be peace on earth. It's a fairly lesser known carol from the 50s. Not that there's anything bad about the 50s, but it probably says a lot about what people were thinking about at the time. It has, this, it has these lines. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Brothers, all are we. Let me walk with my brother in perfect harmony. Excuse the awkward phrasing, but I think that's what often we read into peace on earth. We want horizontal peace, peace between peoples, peace that says there will be no more war, there is a cessation of violence. But compared to the carol that Wesley wrote and that Whitfield has um, made popular for us, I think we end up settling for a much shallower peace because deep down in our hearts, I think we know that even if there is Horizontal peace, there is peace between brothers, peace to all men. There is a much greater strife at hand. Because as even as, as Jesus uh, recognises in his challenge in the Sermon of the Mount, anyone who says even a word to a brother or sister is guilty of murder. And murder isn't just a sin against a brother or sister, but it's a sin against God. What Luke is announcing here, what the carol announces for us is a much higher statement, a much higher claim about the point of peace. Peace isn't just that we get along with our, our neighbours after Christmas or before Christmas as they're playing too many loud Christmas carols. It isn't just about a wish for there to be no more violence and no more war. As great as those things are, in reality, 
there's a, a greater announcement at hand. As, as those angels announce on earth, peace to, tho- to those on whom his favor rests. What the angelic visitors announce isn't just peace between neighbors, but it's, it is what in the Hebrew Bible we find termed as shalom, true peace, not just in a disposition or the absence of war, but a whole social order of well-being and prosperity, security and harmony that is based upon peace with God, not just peace with man. It's a much greater vision that is typified than by just this cessation of violence. And this is where George Whitfield makes his, his great contribution to the hymn or to the carol. In that next line, after peace on earth, mercy mild, he makes it really explicit how this happens. He doesn't say peace on earth and mercy mild for, for t- to those whom have had too much ham be reconciled. He says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. This is the ultimate cessation of hostility. It's not just uh, violence between people, it's hostility between man and God. I think this is hard for us to, to, to come to grips with. To some degree, I think we prefer the, 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 the tangible peace that we have of not warring with one, one's neighbour. Indeed, as, as C.S. Lewis reflects on a, what he calls a hierarchy of priorities, and uh, the, the mathematicians and the philosophers will appreciate this because it includes uh, A's, A, B, and C and you know, systematic uh, delineations here. But he says, It is hard because so many people cannot be brought to realise that when B is better than C, A may be even better than B. They like thinking in in terms of good and bad, not of good, better and best, or bad, worse and worst. A here, the breaking down of hostility between man and God, is so much better than our B could ever be. be. It, It is so much better than we could ever imagine. And so we have a difficulty, we have struggle in understanding how that could happen. And I think that's made even more troubling for us when we read the, ne- the, the latter part of verse 14. How does this happen? Is it just by goodwill? Goodwill to one another? Goodwill to one's neighbour. Because the old translations have it that on earth there is peace to people of, or to men of goodwill. Well, I, I think here that the contemporary interpretation has it right a little bit. It is goodwill. It is absolutely goodwill that this happens by. But it's not ours. Our lousy grammar has it that we would be the, the workers of goodwill in this world. Our B is that goodwill is ours to do. But no, it is the A of this verse is that it is God's goodwill. That it is in God's goodwill that his favour rests on people. 
it is that will of God, that w- the will to bring peace to this earth, the will to, to bring peace between man and God and between man and, and brothers and sisters, is upon God's favour, on whom he chooses, not on whom we choose. Indeed, the best news at Christmas in this carol comes not from our own frameworks, our own B, but the A that is so much better than it. In God's economy, the newborn king that this carol speaks about brings about a peace between God and man. That by himself, by Jesus, taking on the violence in our place, taking on the hostility in our place, there would be a greater vision of what it means to have peace. So therefore, ultimately, this carol has it absolutely right that we should announce it to the whole world with a triumph in the skies, that Christ is born in Bethlehem. Christ is the Prince of Peace, that he is the Son of Righteousness. Because he is born that man no more may die. That in his death on a cross, at the end of Luke's Gospel, not at the beginning, that he would die to raise the sons of earth. That he is born here, to eventually give us second birth. And at Christmas time, that's what we look forward to. We herald the angel born in a manger now. We declare the Prince of Peace and the, the peace that is brought to this earth, knowing that it doesn't come just at that time, but it comes eventually on a cross outside Jerusalem, close to probably close to where those shepherds were, that on a hill outside Jerusalem, there would be the one who was born to bring peace would eventually bring that peace to this earth by reconciling God and man. It's a wonderful vision that we have from Wesley and we can give thanks that he, he drew on, on Luke as he brought this to us as he saw not just the, the start, not just the beginning, but the end as well. And that end that we know and we can reflect on as well. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much that in your economy, you have sort of seen it right to reconcile not just man with each other, not just brothers and sisters, but us with you. That in your mercy, your favour rests upon us. That in Christ, you brought us back together with you. That this peace is the ultimate cessation of hostility. It is the ultimate in reconciling man to God. Father, I pray that this Christmas you would help us to declare it loudly with the triumph of the skies, with the angelic host proclaim that Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem. Amen.